welcome to Lost in the Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, joined here today by Aiden once more. I'm going to do my best not to fall asleep. My very attractive co-host. Ladies, he's single. Let him, let him know. I don't know how handsome he is and how strong he is. Today, we're we're coming off of we're coming off right off of the last episode of the remembering Milsom. Um, so we're we're rolling. We've kind of gone nonstop today a little bit. We're gonna get another one in though. Today, I want to start um, the first episode of the other kind of series, I should say, um, here. And uh, I want to talk about something that uh, I affectionately uh, call the game. Now, this is not the same game as they did in Friends or whatever the TV show it was, where if you think about the game, you lose the game. Not quite. So, this game refers to um, basically the social games we all play every day. So, obviously, everybody has different kinds of relationships. They have... Uh, you know, work relationships, personal relationships, etc. And there are different social constructs, right? And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people hear that associated negatively. But there are a lot of social constructs, right, that we have to navigate and um, basically play this game with other people to climb the social ladder, to maneuver around it, to basically to do anything, realistically. You have to kind of play a game with other people around you. So I have developed... A, uh, a set of parameters and a classist system, I'm joking, um, uh, to identify um, basically where you would sit along this chart. We're basically going to use a system of stars. We'll basically give people star ratings to judge, hey, how good are you at playing the game, right? Socially speaking is what this means. So this is just a way to quantify those things. So to explain... Uh, in greater detail, um, at the lowest level, we have what we call NPC. You've heard this a lot. This is big in video game culture, and recently it's become a lot more mainstream um, just because gamers have access to TikTok. <laughs> so everybody watches TikTok, so here we are. Um, so NPC, non-player character, is what that stands for. But in this context, uh, it basically refers to anybody who doesn't know that the game is being played, and it does not matter how well they play it. This is a majority of people. Majority of people do not know of the game's existence. They don't really understand. They don't look at they don't look at it in the way that people are being intentional about their actions. People are behaving a certain way. They that's totally out of their mind. They're not understanding that people are doing things on purpose to get to, as a means to an end. So, it, again, this does not refer to how well that person plays the game. I know this guy in real life. Um, we're gonna call him. Um, we're gonna call him Matty B. And if he ever finds this, he'll know I'm talking about him. I love you, Matty B, to death. I really do. I love this guy. He's a he's an amazing dude. You'd love him if you met him. This guy's an NPC. He he he, he does not know of the game's existence, but he plays it very well. The reason why I say he would be an NPC is because he's very friendly. He's very lovable. A lot. Of, he has made almost exclusively positive connections with everybody he's met. However, he takes advantage of none of those uh, positive interactions or that uh, reputation that he's built um, to then further his own 
um, intentions. So he's not using those things to make any kind of moves, right? Not in a malicious way. That's not necessarily what any of this means. It just means whatever you want to do, right? So he's not using this to, for example, organize a game night at his house, right? He's got lots of friends, lots of resources. I'm sure if he'd want to say, hey, let's go play fucking Monopoly at my house this Friday, he can get it done, but he doesn't. That's what I mean by it. Um, then we go then we go in ascending order, and uh, a one star. This is somebody who plays the game. They play the game, um, but they are new to playing the game, which means they newly they have newly discovered that oh, there's a game being played. Um, this how can I maneuver myself around it? Or they're really bad at the game. Um, so these are people who don't know other people are playing the game. They know of the game's existence, they know that it is being played. Um, but they play it very poorly or they're new at it. They're not proficient. Um, there's two stars. Two stars, a two-star individual. Um, they do not know other people are playing the game, but they play it at a level to where they can prey on NPCs. And by prey, I, I've written all of this very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not aggressively. What's, what's the other word? It'll come to me. Regardless. Um, Proactively. No, it's like it's like blunt and like um, vulgar to a degree. There's a little vulgarity to how I wrote this when I put down the patch notes. But <laughs> um, uh, by prey on NPCs, that just means um, you can easily manipulate these these uh, people around you who don't know the game is being played. Right? You're you can navigate them easily right because you have that inherent advantage you know that the game is being played so you're playing the game better than all these npcs on default right because you know how to play the game and you're already kind of proficient at the game so then three stars we, we ascend a little further um they know that other people are playing the game but they don't know who all the players are if you walk into a room if you come into a social situation you walk into work right you don't know who's playing the game you know that other people are playing the game, but you can't identify them. So, um, these people also get dunked on by other players, right? There are people who are, like, really good at the game, and they're, like, they'll manipulate them or um, put them into a social situation, right? Or, or force a certain set of reactions out of them, but they know that that was fabricated and isn't natural, right? So... There's also another option of a three-star where you could be an individual who may not know that other people are playing the game, but you play it very well. So that's kind of an exception. So if you know somebody who's who's just there, uh, they're just like social lubricant. They can just go wherever, talk to whoever, anybody. They're very sociable. They, they know how to navigate a lot of social situations, but they don't seem to take into account other people's actions. They just play the game well, right? Um, players that being players action. Four stars, four stars. These are your, these are these are your, your you know a lot of I think a lot of people who are aware and who think about stuff like this are going to be four stars automatically. Um, four stars is somebody who knows who all the involved players are, right? You'll know you'll know who's playing the game. 
You'll know who around you is involved, etc. You know, you know if they know. Kind of a deal. Um, they compete um, with other knowing players, four stars or higher, right? They're they're you can you can play this game with some some version of footing um, against people who are better than you or on your same level. Um, they can also trigger events within their territory. Now let me expand on territory a little bit. So, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you work at Dunkin' Donuts, right? Your boss, right? You come in, you you get hired or whatever, you, uh, you work the cashier, right? Let's say that. You work the cashier that's in the front. You help make drinks. You whatever, mess with the donuts. Your job. You have coworkers who are all on the same level as you. Corporate-wise, we're talking about this on a company level. And then you have your boss. Your boss, um, this is your supervisor, your direct supervisor. He's the one who tells you what to do. He's the one who dishes out punishments. He can hire people, fire people, etc. Manager. Um, in terms of, let's break this down a little bit more socially, right? Among the people who are technically on the same rank as you, there is a level of seniority and personal connections, right? So if you're cool and tight with everybody, it doesn't matter whether you're on the same technical rank or not. They have influence over you because they have all the connections and they have the backing of all these people, therefore giving them influential power. There are people who are seniors who have been there a long time who have influential power, not over the, not just over the people who are have been there as well, but over their managerial staff as well. They have influence with them, right? They're not they're not going to get the harshest punishments here because they've been there a long time and they know the manager, et cetera, whatever. whatever. You know how that works. Now, a manager, everybody has worked with a manager who's not so great. They are belligerent or they're negligent or they're just um, incompetent to some extent. Everybody has worked with somebody like this who's above them. People get put into managerial positions all the time regardless of whatever. You know, you're just going to get bad bosses. That just happens. So... This is where territories come into play. Just because your boss may be a two or three star, even an NPC, right? Because they're the boss, they can put into action their agenda on you, regardless. They're your boss. You, you're, you're going to be there because you want money. You have to work there. You, you signed up to be there. You have to do the thing. So if the boss says today, I want you to go clean the trash. You are then funneled into making a certain set of decisions. There's a certain set of socially acceptable decisions that you can make now. And they have funneled you into that. Regardless of their ability to manipulate or persuade or influence anybody, they, because of the social implications of where you are and what you're doing, they have influence over you, regardless of their personal aptitude. So... You're told to go take out the trash. You have a set of acceptable answers. Doesn't matter how good you are at it, right? If you're super good, right? You can you can use your way to talk within this conf was within these uh, within this context, and you can maybe get out of doing trash duty or whatever, or flip it on its head. There there are ways you can maneuver that, right? But you're forced to act, right? You're you're forced you're forced to act. But if you don't act then that's a whole new set of situations. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can change yeah. the landscape. 
And please stop me eating if I go on a tangent and it stops making sense. Um, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm I'm mostly letting you run through this because this is your baby, and I don't have the uh, I don't have it right in front of me. Gotcha. Um, so territory refers to anywhere where you hold significant influence. This can be among your friends. You that's your territory. You could say because you have rapport with all those around you. And if a new guy shows up, right, your friends are gonna have your back, not his. So therefore, you can do certain things. This is where peer pressure comes into effect. This is super, super common. Any, any, Anything, anywhere you do, peer pressure is a thing. Your peers, they're all doing this thing, right? This, it's the thing that your mom says, if your friends are all going to jump off a cliff with you, you know? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> you're within their territory. Yeah, okay. Where you were like, if you if, if your friends jump off a cliff, you probably will too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, peer pressure... Your pressure plays into it. That's just a common example of like territory being um, a thing. So territory is complicated because you can make the same argument. Okay, well, all of my friends, you could say that this is their shared territory, right? Because we all hold this kind of standing. Well, if you if you look at it on a deeper level, in most friend groups, there is a quote unquote leader that exists, right? There's somebody who's, you know, not always, right? Some, but but. People who see each other a lot and are well established, they if they had to pick, hey, who who would be in charge of you guys, they probably could give a name. You know what I'm saying? So obviously there are very, very many different variations in this kind of gets disputed, but just to kind of get your idea to wrap a head wrap your head around it, yes, you can make a case for this being everybody's territory, right? But it's more like the leader um has like we'll, we'll, we'll put it this way, sorry. I'll definitely cut out my stuttering here. Um, think about it like a pie, right? You have a pie, and this is this is the this is the territory yeah, of the they group. Have a they have level of standing exactly. So so it's like they collectively own you know the territory, but they all own different percentages of that territory. Exactly. So your your leader would have the biggest slice of pie, but everybody has a slice of pie. That's how it works. So very rarely will you come into a situation where you enter somebody's domain. So I, I, the verbiage I use that's different here is territory versus domain. So domain would be something under a single person's entire influence. Like they have the they have such a majority that anybody else's quote unquote influence is just dwarfed, right? You there there is no there's no room for mutiny there, right? So obviously, you know, opinions can change, et cetera, but then that changes that that's no longer that person's domain. But that's the that's the references I'm gonna be making to throughout this series. Is domain refers to somebody who's obviously a higher level than a four star, um, where they have total influence and control over their space, their social area. And then territory refers to basically any social kind of construct whether it be at work with your friends etc where there are several people who share a zone of comfort so that's the way i'll explain it um let's move on to five star so originally we stopped at five but we said five is there's too big of there's too big of a gap between four and five so we, then we added six because that made more sense and this might even get higher we might have to 
changes a little bit differently. We have some plans for it. It turns into, into just a 10-star list. 10-star list? No, I don't think we'll go that far. Then we'll have to redefine. We'll probably shrink some well, of yeah, lower we ranks. Have to a lot of stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, but as of right now, a five-star. Um, so they have the edge with experience. So this is like a four-star that got older. So they have more experience in certain different social situations. So they're not going to be as easily thrown off by somebody changing it, right? Because when you're a four-star and you're in a certain uh, social situations, you're going to have a, some level of prediction. You're going to establish an MO for those around you. You're going to um, figure out how people behave and their behavioral patterns. This is something everybody does naturally, right? Not everybody is very aware of it, but this is what everybody does naturally. This is how you develop a, a standard of normalcy, right? You see people acting normal every single day. And when, you, and when something is out of place, your brain lets you know. So... It knows when there are problems because it's a pattern machine. That's what we are. We're big pattern machines. So anything that's out of place, it'll let us know. And we look for patterns and things. So experience develops the accuracy of these things. So that's basically kind of one of the traits of a five-star. And then um, their cold reads have an at least 80% success rate. Well, let me explain that. So for those of you who don't understand what a cold read is, a cold read is something off of very little information where you make, a, you could call it a guess on how the type of person somebody is. So a cold read is on basically first contact. I can decide what kind of person you are. This is, a lot of people will see this as like, oh, you can't do that. That's a shallow thing to do, etc. Some people are good at it, right? Once you, if you're attentive, if, you're, if you have that type of hypersensitivity, you can look at somebody and you can look at the way that they speak and you can look at the clothes they wear. You can look at the gestures, their body language, their micro expressions. All of those things are give a lot of information out without them having to actually divulge anything. You can make an educated assumption on what on the way somebody is. And that's what that means. So a five star has an 80% success rate on this, which means most of the time they make a cold read on somebody, they're correct on a lot of aspects. This doesn't mean that they, they just know who you are because that's impossible, right? A cold read is just um, a, a, an overview of what you are. People are layered. They have dimensions, etc. Yeah, you can get a general vibe that somebody has. You can, you can, you can figure it out, right? And then that, once you start on the, wrong, the right path, it's, you know, it's a straight shot to where you need to go. Um, obviously, they know all the players that are involved, and they can manipulate those players. So to throw back to what we were talking about, the boss and how they can force you to make a certain set of um, decisions, um, this is exactly what a five-star player can do. They can do this in disputed territory, right? So a five-star can manipulate you into making a certain response. So this may be the things that they say. Um, it may be the way that they handle things. It may be the things that they do, right? It could be something unsaid, unspoken. Right. Um, for example, I, I, I think about a coordinated response. Right. Let's say that you go to work and there are three tasks to accomplish. Right. When you open some let, 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 let's say you're opening up a, a whatever bookstore. Right. You're 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 in the open shift. There's three of you. One person comes in. They go set up the register. The other person comes in and they're like, hey, you know, I'll go. Um, 
I'll go make sure all the books in the right spot or whatever, right? You're stuck with force. It's the only task left to be done, and you are forced to make that decision. So if, if you think about it in those terms, a five-star can do that on their own. They're forcing you to make a certain set of choices via the things that they do. Um, additionally, another version of this is they know who all the players are involved, but just plays the game better than they do. This does not mean they are big-brained enough to manipulate people into making certain decisions, but they play the game well enough to overcompensate for that. They're really good. They're very sociable. They're very charismatic. I'm not the type of person. I'm not very, I'm not very super charismatic. You know, I try to be friendly and I try to be very sociable and personable, so people have a positive vibe off of me. But I am a fledgling in that aspect, so I rely more on predicting my not opponents, but the fellow players. Um, uh, reactions and how they do things and that's how I that's how I do stuff so this would be yeah. my opposite I, I would I would uh I would agree with that that's kind of how I operate yeah like like I can establish like a group I guess if I really like wanted to and I could be personable but it's like I don't want to be you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it it takes it's, it's too very much, draining acts yeah it's too much effort for me because like I'm not like a an extrovert in the sense that I like gain energy from talking to people. I, I lose it. So like, mm-hmm. it's one of those and, things. Like, most of my classes, I'll kind of just like, I'll like talk to people. I'll like communicate with them if I want, like, you know, to try to get their answers or like we, we like, you know, collaborate mm-hmm. on something necessary. Like I'm able to I'm be good at like getting up like short term groups to get like a certain goal done. But mm-hmm. like, after after like that has been accomplished i'll like almost immediately I'll, like i'll just go back to what i was doing before i'll kind of just do my own thing <laughs> away from everybody else <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's it's one of those things where at right now like for me to go to that level of uncomfortability and stretch myself to really make a positive impression on somebody i'm wasting the energy that i would normally use to then calculate responses and how they would behave I'd lose that energy. So I'd spend all this time doing the surface level. I would need to reset and reboot before I can then continue, right? I can't take as much ground that way. Yeah. Um yeah. Um it's it's one of those things where you're better at playing to mutual interest rather than m- making mutual interest, right? Because I think that's yeah. I think that's the big big difference maker. Because people who are very charismatic and very sociable, very personable, very likable, they they can they just make the shit out of thin air, right? They versus you going, hey, you help me with this, I'll help you with this. We'll both get this done. Oh, you seem pretty cool. I'll trust you to do that. They're like, oh my goodness, could you do me a favor? And they're like, absolutely. That's the difference. Yeah. Um. Another aspect is they have enough influence to possess followers and obtain more as long as they're within their territory. Now, there's a reason why this is territory and not domain. Because five stars, I feel like if you are if you are socially um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you have if you have if you have the aptitude for the game 
and you have a domain, you're basically a six star because people very much um, at a surface level, you don't really think too much about what that means to have a domain versus a territory. But you have to understand that all the people in the, within this domain, small or large, they're totally at your influence, right? I think uh, I think people have had small domains, maybe P people get experience. Well, oh yeah, I had a situation where anything I said goes right, but um, while that does count as a domain, um, that doesn't necessarily mean like those people are followers, etc. That could be totally predicated on mutual interest, right? That's something that we have to expand upon. Yeah. Like uh, that that'll be a part of this series is expanding upon these things and fleshing them out better. But this is where we're at now, but. They basically have uh, the ability to possess followers. So followers, right? Followers, people know followers on social media, etc. YouTube channels. They they follow these these content creators. Um, think literally think about it in those aspects. Think about your favorite YouTuber. Think about your favorite uh, TikTok or Instagram or whatever um, movie star. Um, you would buy their merch. You would get tickets to their show. Um, you subscribe to their their videos. You maybe you pay extra for Patreon. Maybe you you know, do whatever you like, you comment, right? That is a, that, that is a follower, right? Now, obviously you don't, you, this is, there's no, there's no social, there's no actual relationship with that person. But there are definitely situations where like, I would go out of my way to go shake your hand and talk to you versus basically almost everybody in my life. <laughs> so obviously there's an influence to be had there. That's why these people are called influencers. So once you reach that kind of five-star level, you have the ability to obtain followers, right? So this can mean whatever pursuit you may have. These people, despite not being on equal footing with you, will almost, you know, I hesitate to say, hes I hesitate to say do your bidding, but you basically have enough influence to manipulate their responses based off of your needs and wants. So follower. I think most people understand what follower means, but I wanted to elaborate. Um, this is all obviously only within their territory. They can't go to some random place and go, somebody's like, oh my God, you're so cool. You're so great now. I would love to be your follower or whatever. Like, I want to know what you do. I want to support you regardless. That, that thing. Yeah, no, they can't do that. <laughs> it's only, it's only within their domain uh, or territory. Sorry. Um, six stars, six stars. Last, last little section on the current patch notes. Um, <laughs> um, they can trigger events outside of their domain. Oh, God, I didn't talk about events. I meant to talk about that with uh, territories. Well, this is, I guess, uh, something needs to be flushed out. Um, events. Let me to explain events. Events is synonymous with territory, right? Um, so, like I was saying earlier in the example of your boss says, hey, um, take out the trash. For example, if you walked into work and your boss said, hey, today we're doing a deep cleaning of the store, of our, of our Dunkin' Donuts, right? Um, so they're now this person who may be an NPC, no matter what star level they might be at, they have triggered an event, a social event, where it drags anybody within the territory to make a response. So... NPCs, anything alike, all is dragged into it and they have to do something. Because the boss came in and said, we are all doing a deep clean of the store today. Right? You're forced to make a response. Right? That's what that means to trigger an event. 
you have to have some form of standing trigger an event, right? Because if you don't have enough influence, and let, let let's say you know you're at you're at a gathering whenever you're like, hey guys, let's play Uno, and then no one responds. Yeah, you didn't have enough influence to trigger that event, right? Yeah. If everybody likes you and everybody respects your opinion, everybody listens when you talk, and you say, hey guys, let's play Uno. They're all going to give you a response. They're going to say yes or no, right? So there are levels to that, obviously, but that's what triggering an event means. You have to have the enough influence, whether it be your given social status or not. Um, triggering an event. So this is what six stars can do. They can trigger events outside of their domain, which is more impressive because they're not within their territory, but they can trigger events outside of it. If an Elon Musk walked into a Starbucks, he can trigger an event for one just by being there, right? But he can make an announcement or do something where people would respond, right? People would act. So uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that would be exactly like a, a six star, like exclusively, because I feel like just by nature of like having a certain level of influence, you'd be able to do that regardless, even if you were like an NPC. Elaborate. Why would an NPC like, be able uh, to trigger an event in a non-place? Of their uh, with outside of their influence, people they don't know. Well, because like Elon Musk could be an NPC. Like the, you could have like a person that would be you know of like high influence, but isn't actively playing or understands the game. You know what I mean, they'd be able to trigger an event just by their presence, right? Or having an opinion on one or two things, right? But my my whole thing was like Elon Musk wasn't just kind of given his position and fame, right? He had to play the game. He had to understand, like, you don't you don't get to that level by not knowing how to play the game. You can't. It's not it's not possible unless you're I mean, even if, right, let's say you're Elon Musk's son and he just says, Everything's yours. You have mm -hmm. to a certain extent, yeah, it's just like, you know, being the boss, you can trigger events, right? But those are inside your domain, inside your territory. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I'm saying, like, I feel like at a certain level of influence, you can kind of turn anything into, like, a temporary, like, territory. territory. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm. Like, maybe it's so not I... like you're directly going into going into somebody else's territory and starting an event, but, like, by just you being present, you've kind of, like, staked, like, a temporary claim in, mm -hmm. in that area, if you that, know what I mean. That doesn't make more sense. So we'll have to refine that and maybe choose what that means a little bit better maybe that has to be elaborated to maybe a six star can excuse me um maybe maybe it's just like in other people's territories like regard not regardless of like a sort of regardless of influence regardless because i feel like if you're if you're going into somebody else's domain right like you wouldn't have that influence exactly right yeah so yeah i guess i guess something to elaborate is this whole system refers to your social skills right this yeah. does not refer to your level of influence influence plays a part in inflating your ability right because even the most you know brain dead socially awkward people if they hang out with people enough they will build a rapport and be better in that social situation regardless right because it's compounded yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what i'm saying yeah um so yeah social skill wise i guess i don't i don't know how we'll Fix the verbiage there, but we'll have to fix the verbiage there. Um, they influence uh, 
specific actions out of players when events are triggered within their own domain. Um, let me explain what this means because that doesn't sound quite right. Um, whereas I explained before how people can influence um, others with events to make certain outcomes. Um, think about it in terms of like a like a general in an army, right? Um, they can manipulate the other players into making specific reactions, specific actions. Whereas before, you're forced to make an action where you have a limited set of variables. This version of it, they make you Take a specific path. So, like, instead of your three options, sorry, you will take option two. That's the level of manipulation that they possess, right? That's what that means. More like they they convince you, or sort of by their presence, they make you have to pick a, a certain option, essentially. So they're skill wise, right? So that's why I use the example of a general yeah. in an army. That's what they're doing. They possess that level of skill and strategy, deception, whatever it may be, to when they're triggering events. I believe it's, yeah, within their own domain, they're able to do that. They're able to garner specific reactions out of people. Um, the ability to gain followers with aura alone. So this one probably has to be stricken here. Um... Because aura alone, the what that necessarily refers to is, let's say somebody makes a speech, right? And he gains followers just from that speech. He's not directly interacting with any of these people. But despite that, they are becoming a follower, right? Because you can get followers at a lower level. You can get, you can possess some followers at four and five, right? But you have to do that with almost direct interaction with other individuals. You have to build rapport with them or something, or you have to do something for them, right? Um, for you to basically obtain those followers, right? They have you're basically giving an in each individual a reason to follow you. Or in this case, you're kind of just like AOE. You're just kind of area of affecting everybody, and so you'll gain some followers. Does that sound right? Uh, or is that I'm, confusing? I'm, I'm pondering. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. So I <laughs> guess I guess it would be kind of like, I feel like the only way that that would like fully operate in a real world sense, right? Is like, you know, like the the mob mentality and all that. How like, if a certain person is perceived to have uh you know a certain amount of influence or uh, rapport or i guess uh, like followers other people are more likely to just become followers like for the sake of it just mm -hmm. because it's like what other people are doing mm -hmm. so i i get for me i guess maybe like the further up the like the list you go like the more the less um, of it is dependent on the person the, you think like the more your social skill and um like actual influence kind of like merge together know what i mean yeah 
I suppose you're right. I think that gets murky the higher up you go. Because after a certain point, it doesn't matter what you do necessarily unless you do something specifically wrong, right? Yeah. People just like kind I, of like I feel like are exposed. You wouldn't... Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, I'm not sure how we'll refine that, but we'll have to refine that to make it. Because I want this, I want this to be applied to like real world setting, but I'm also keeping in mind like, okay, what is the highest level of this look like? And to me, the highest level of this look like is your most successful individuals in what they decide to do, right? Because this yeah. is not necessarily like the person who has the most money in the world, the person who has etc. Because that's a singular thing. That doesn't mean they're have particular good social skills. It means they're good at stocks, right? That's not what that means. Yeah. It means that whatever they seem to go and try and do, they succeed at it, right? So that's almost entirely predicated on social skill, right? Because you're not going to be innately good at everything you do, right? You can play sports, you know, but you can't do uh, research on astrology, right? You don't know what you're talking about. You need somebody to teach you that. So yeah, you need to be teachable. You need you need uh you need to search. You got a mentor. You need you know. There's there's a lot of things that come into that, but that's what I mean by that. Um. So, four star players are higher. I'm sorry. I think I'm my nope. So this is kind of um beyond. This is just kind of across the board, like little little uh, notes. Is players four star or higher can trigger. Um, events that force any relevant parties, NPCs, or players to participate. So this is what I talked about before with what events are. These events do not necessarily force any individual to make a specific action. Rather, they impose a spectrum of acceptable actions. True masters can trigger events and manipulate players into taking specific actions. So that is where we are currently at. Now, allow me to put two things on the board here. So one... I was discussing this uh, with with my buddy Hut, um, and we're talking about almost developing an archetype system, like you know the um. The, I was literally just thinking about that. That I feel like there's different, like exactly. So you know how there's like versions of what a five star would be, right? Exactly. So there, the the more I thought about how people approach the game, I'm like, okay, this star thing needs to have a modifier to it, right? Because it can't encapsulate, like, it's, you can't, you can't say that this style and this style are better or worse than another. But there's still, you could still compare them. They're still both viable to be six, five star, whatever it may be. So, yeah. archetypes is what I think needs to be added on. Not, not as a skill modifier. It just, like, having a, one archetype or the other is not going to make you better or worse. But it's just the way you do it. So the way I wanted to approach it was almost like having classes and subclasses in an MMO or something along those lines, right? Yeah. Like a, like a Berserker Paladin, whatever it may be. So um, that's one thing I want to work on and I want to kind of discuss and kind of go through and say, hey, um, what what are these modifiers? Is um like calculating, like um, you could, we'll use all, just, it's just, it just involves like personalities as well how you approach things right um but this is this is almost not exclusively but very specifically in a logical fashion right as if you were playing a game right like you're playing to win how would you go about this so there's you know an aggressive modifier etc we'll 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 dive into that and maybe 
give those things names and um, figure that out. But there's that. And there's the second suggestion, which was Nomad. Um, but we'll get to that because it sounds like you have some thoughts on this archetype thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about I mean, it. What, do you wanna... what, are you, what are you thinking? Okay. So, I mean... I feel like I feel like this is mostly based around like uh, at least with the tier list is people that like develop a group or develop a following. But I feel like there are also people that would be like very like socially skilled that don't necessarily feel the need to like build a permanent or like long standing following, right? Where they'd be able to kind of build a build one very quickly if they wanted to, or uh, you know, kind of just be able to relatively quickly build rapport and like other like territories or domains right like maybe somebody that's able to like quickly get standing in in like other players uh domains right mm -hmm. so that would definitely like bring up your level i would say because it's not like if if i were to say the the those little those little notes underneath each star level those are things like you have to be capable of doing those are things those are not things you have to have right yeah those, those are just capabilities so i know the last patch we felt that we sat at the four star both of us so with it a little more redefined do you think a four star is still accurate or where do where do where do you feel like you kind of sit um, I'm not or if, sure. <laughs> if you'd rather not say yourself, you could say like, where do you think I'm at? Um, I'd say, I'd say yeah, probably still four star. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe like on a bad day, three star. On a bad day, a three star. Yeah, like a high three, like a high three star. Sheesh. Like not, not even like somebody that's like not exactly really actively like playing the game but like is playing the game you know what i mean well that doesn't mean you dip down in star level right huh that doesn't necessarily mean you dip down in star level because okay i think i think the biggest distinction here is action versus inaction right mm -hmm. so inaction doesn't do anything i feel like it does it shouldn't do anything to where you would sit on the tier list right because in choosing not to do something necessarily when you can one is a flex two it's the way you play the game it's not how well you play it, right yeah i mean i guess that would sort of like almost bring into like <laughs> into question that some npcs could just be inactive like six stars right <laughs> like so that to me has a whole nother interesting layer right is the ability to spot who's doing what who's at what level i think ascends as you ascend right because i can i i believe that i can spot a five or a four star right as soon as i meet them i feel like I can figure out, like, you're capable of this, right? I feel like I can sniff those out. Um, but, you know, that's that's just your 80% cold read. So 20% of the time, you know, there's those, there's those ninjas. Yeah. 
I'm wrong. Um, yeah, and then, like, I don't know whether I wrote it down there, but, like, cold read percentage. I mean, obviously, you can never get to 100%, but I think 80% is, like, the hard cap. I don't I honestly don't think it's possible to be any more than that. Because any more than that, it's not a cold read. Right? Any more than that, you're, you've set up your territory slash domain in a way where you're getting extra information passively. Right? Because if they come into your sphere, they already have certain qualities. Does that make sense? Yeah. As soon as they walk in, they trigger some alarms and you go, okay, I, you're at minimum have these qualities. And then from that, you just, you could probably pit them down. Um, so there's that aspect to it. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put it, I'll use kind of a personal example. I'm big on when I'm involved in certain situations, maybe at work or whatever. If I gain some type of information or intelligence or I learn something, or even previous knowledge I do know, I don't share it. I don't like sharing it. I don't like flaunting yeah, it. Me, me neither. I don't like flaunting it. In fact, at almost all costs, I like to just keep everything under wraps. I very much think it's so much an advantage for people to think that you're stupid versus people think that you're smart. Because it allows you to move. It, it gives if I feel like I get freedom, right? Not to say I'm not to sit here and say how smart I am, but that I mean, any level, right? Any at, at any level that you're at, people can think that you're dumber than you are. So, plenty of people exercise. Yes. This. <laughs> we're, we're getting into like, well, you know, you're the ninja archetype. <laughs> uh, you're a you're a five star, and your passive ability concealment, like what? Yeah, that's dude. That's what I want. That's what I, I want this to be like. Almost like a video game. Like uh, like a tint to reality, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that's my ultimate goal for it. So you can be like, oh my god, like this all applies directly to my real life, right? <laughs> like I want to I want to quantify it in a way I haven't seen quantified before. Uh huh. Um, I know some people. To go back to the the what I was saying earlier. Um, I know some people that. I'm I, I know them pretty well and I, I feel like I can make the call that I'm smarter than they are. However, they do still play it off like they're dumber than they are. Right? Not to say this person isn't smart, but if we were to take it in like some form of test or quiz or, or or challenge, I would beat them. Even when they're trying. Um but that doesn't that doesn't mean there is that uh, there isn't that def- defiance of expectation because that gives him more freedom, right? Because it, you don't know what they know. You can't get inside people's heads, right? You can do your best. That's what this is for, right? That's what that's what exercises are. This are for is to try to learn and figure things out without being told, right? Because if you can figure stuff out without being told, there's no chance it's you're being lied to, right? It's not it's not somebody else's intervention that's causing you to make a poor decision. It's your read that was wrong, if that's the case. You yeah. made a poor decision because you didn't look at something correctly, because you didn't consider something. That's what it is. 
So it's basically putting how you behave and how you choose to act around certain people and what uh, assumptions you form about others that is totally predicated on your own intelligence and your own ability to gather information. That's totally it. Which, in my opinion, is healthy. I feel like that's a, an incredibly constructive way to look at how you do things with other people. Especially when meeting new people. Or learning more about those you already know. Because assumptions are terrible. If you're bad at making assumptions, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. These bitches out here losing calories jumping to conclusions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like... There's, there's so many situations where it can go wrong. So this is such, in my opinion, it's so important to develop, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't even, like, I like I like what you said there about, like, the passive ability, like, concealer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, that's, that's totally the thing. There's things that we just passively do. Because this is, oh, my God. See, I'm already, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we're doing a podcast about this. I love talking. Now you're getting, now you're getting real hype. I'm sad up in my chair, bro. So, this is something that's so fascinating to me, right? Because I, my brain works a certain way, and because of what I mentioned earlier, that you can't get inside people's heads. You don't know what people are necessarily thinking, and there's so much that is left unsaid. There's something I call me cringe, call me corny, whatever. I'm getting a tattoo of this because it does mean a lot to me. I'm going to have um, on this arm here, I'm going to have uh, a mute button with an astronaut sitting on it. Um, it's obviously going to be stylized or whatever, but underneath it, it's going to say substance in silence. So to me, silence is such a fascinating topic. So silence to me um, is much, much more interesting than what people say because there is an entire another world two times bigger in what is left unsaid than what it is. And the only way to get a clue on that is everything we're talking about right now. Right? Yeah. Because you can, I can say whatever I want right now. There are infinite possibilities of what could come out of my mouth. So that means there are an infinite possibility of things that I may have thought of but didn't express. And everybody tries to do these things. Babe, why are you upset? <laughs> You know, you know, <laughs> why are you mad? And you have to figure it out. You have to figure out body language. You have to take into account previous actions that they've made and try and figure out why is she upset? It was just something I said, yada, yada, people racking their brains over this stuff. There's so much substance in silence. And the only cues are body language, etc. There's so being able to read in between those lines, like it's just a whole world, right? So silence is super, super interesting. Um, and it's a big pillar of how I view things. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, something that is is easy for me to sort of figure out if somebody is sort of like an NPC is if they're like really uncomfortable with silence, like they feel the need to like fill up up space with just like random words, because mm -hmm. they're like, well, if I if I don't talk, then I'll have to think about things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um, although I will say, um, yeah, I mean, mm, see, this is see, this is interesting now. 
there are certain situations where I feel like I adjust because I adjust how much to what I'll, I'll say it this way. I'll, I'll adjust to what level I'm playing the game depending on what situation I'm in. So there are some certain situations where me needing to fill the space of silence is the other person's fault. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where it's the situation of like, we're supposed to be chatting right now and you're not talking. So every time I finish Ooh. a thought and you're not saying anything, I will yeah. wait and then I'll have to fill the space again because you're not doing your job. You know what I'm saying? Are you, are you calling me on right now? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, I'm not. Uh, no, genuinely, I have this friend, right? I'm going to give you a real life <laughs> example. I have uh, uh, this real example. Um, I'm not sure how he'd feel about sharing me sharing his name, but he knows who he is. Um, he will we'll have the conversation just like this. We'll have it deep, whatever, et cetera. And he'll just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's He processes things slower. So it's not like he's not thinking in that silence, but it's just taking him a lot to like figure out what everything was just said. And then mm -hmm. formulating an opinion even longer. And at that point, I've moved on. And then by the time you've moved on, you're like three thoughts ahead, and then they're like, so that thing. So that thing back there. But he doesn't actually express that because he at least has the wherewithal. Uh, this is mean. <laughs> this is mean. He at least has the wherewithal to understand like, Okay, we're we've moved we've already moved on for that topic, so I'm gonna focus on being a good listener. Yeah, <laughs> like he listens, he caught like he hears everything I'm saying, right? And he can repeat me back stuff I've said. Doesn't mean he, you know, got the full picture of it, right? Enough to form his own ideas. He's very um, he's trying to be a lawyer, so that's what he's trying to do with his life. So he picks what he says very carefully. He's one of those people where. If you wanted to have all these kind of conversations with him and you wanted like to have a good conversation with him, you have to give him prep time. Because then he oh. could Yeah, because then like, he like all right, I have a topic for you and he's like writing down notes. Uh-huh. He'll write that yeah, he'll come prepared. Like he takes it seriously and stuff like that. Because I had a conversation about religion with him once and he like came with his Bible. <laughs> and he had like notes written out and everything like that for what we were talking about. Oh, like we were talking about deism or something. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, like he, he, if if he has some prep time where he can like look up things because he doesn't want to be wrong, that's his biggest thing. He doesn't want to say something that he does that he doesn't know, right? If he yeah, doesn't know what he's know talking what about, he won't say anything, which is fair, right? That's fine. It doesn't make him any better of a conversationalist <laughs> for him to oh. say nothing because you can say neutral responses. I think that's what he, I guess, has to work on. It's yeah. like learn how to give more neutral responses because you you have to say something. Imagine being in a courtroom and saying nothing, <laughs> like as the lawyer. Like, Your Honor, so I don't... did you did you get did you murder the man? Uh, well, that is an interesting inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he would even say stuff like that. Like that's the point. Like you have to like do something there, you know, to personalize your response. Um, but hearkening back, all the way back, and um, talk about passive. So this is this is what got me in the tangent about silence. 
passively, right? Because I don't know how my brain, like, my brain works a certain way. I don't know how the people's brains work, but there is a lot of things I do passively, right? There is a lots of kinds of information that I do not take, express any efforts. I don't, this is not a program I send my brain to do. It just collects certain types of information on its own, right? Um, yep. There's uh, a super common example. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how common it is. I'm talking out of my ass. Um, there's an example of reading, right? When you read, if you look at anything right now and you read, do you hear a voice, your voice or otherwise, reading it back to you in your head? Um, it depends. It depends on the kind of information you absorb. I don't have that. Yeah. I don't. Have I'll that. I'll look at it. I'll look at it real quick and then I'll understand it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm really trying to understand something, I will like read it to myself in my head. Yeah. So there are the flip side. I think you and I are very alike in that. Um, there are the flip side. There are people who, no matter what they read, they hear it being read to them in their head, um, like a narration almost. So when they read they uh, are basically being, they're reading to themselves in their heads. They're not just absorbing whatever comes at them, right? I don't do that. I just absorb whatever I'm reading. I don't, there's not like an afterthought about that. I, it's, it allows me to multitask, so that's an advantage. But you're right. If I'm trying to focus on specific information or I'm very invested in something, I will read it back to myself in my head or I'm a person who, I talk to myself all the time. I don't... Yeah, I'll say it out loud. I'll literally yeah. read it to myself out loud I'm sometimes. Like, stop recording. Like, <laughs> um, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll whisper to myself. Um, tangent, where did that come from? I've never understood that. Why, why, do people, why do people think talking to yourself makes you crazy? Why is that perceived as you're crazy? Is that, is that, am I in a bubble there? I mean, I think because, like, you can kind of talk to yourself in your own head. So talking to yourself externally is almost like you believe that you are a second person that you're talking to. So it's like you're Uh-oh. not, like, narrating or, or, like, ex- or like explaining something to yourself exactly or, like, understanding understanding something mentally. But when you, like, almost like when you start talking to yourself, talking to yourself, it's almost like you've separated yourself into two parts mm-hmm. or multiple parts. Not what I mean. So that is what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that makes me crazy. Um, but what? Why I talk to myself so often is because <clears throat> um, there's one thing to, to do to my head, right? But it, it's a, it's such a fast process. So it's the same thing as I'm like I'm trying to focus on information, where I'll read it read it to myself right because that's several anchor points of memory then right for starters and secondly it does allow me to take an outside perspective on things i don't know again like i said i don't know how other people's brains work i don't know if other people do the same thing but to me if i'm trying to work through a problem or an issue um if i'm if you catch me very much focusing into something i will talk to myself i will mutter to myself and that's basically me playing two sides it's basically me playing two sides to it right i am outwardly expressing what i'm saying but inside i'm thinking of a counter argument or the other side of this right 
Yeah. So I already know what I'm going to say. So my, it's just kind of going on autopilot out of my mouth like it's doing right now. But I'm thinking about how it sounds and then thinking about what that means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I harsh myself so often so I can get that outside perspective almost is it allows me to disconnect a little bit. I mean, there's I also kind of like an opposite where, like, you know, mm-hmm. some people just don't, like, have internal thoughts. They just, like, have a, an outer monologue to think about things. That is a cr- not crazy. That's not crazy to me. But that's very interesting and very unique to me. I'd love to meet somebody who does that. Because I can't comprehend that. My brain is racing a million miles at all times. It's just, yeah. a, it's just an ever flow of thought constantly. Only well, there's only been very few times where that has stopped. <laughs> um, that's because one thing has taken the overwhelming focus of the rest, and that leads to anxiety. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I couldn't imagine. I'd love to love to talk to somebody like that because I can't. How do you operate? How do you do stuff? <laughs> Is it just easy? Is it just like quiet? How does that work? I mean, I can. I, I'm like the opposite where sometimes I'm not able to exactly like fully represent something. But like if I'm writing a paper, for example, right, like I'll put in my, my earbuds and I'm not thinking about what I'm typing. I'm just like typing it and then I'll look at it and I will have I'll remember that I wasn't like thinking at all about what I was typing. Right. But like I'll read it and it will be like completely coherent. Can I like it'll can like, I like, like, that? like it'll be like I'm I'm like mag dumping like information from my brain without like thinking about it. Know what I mean? Uh huh. But your focus is the music. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I guess that's what multitasking is, right? Isn't that what true multitasking is? A lot of people say it. I mean, I think multitasking would be like would be like you're you're like dividing your your attention equally amongst all the things that you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So then, what what is that then? I mean, I guess I would have been like kind of multitasking, but it was I don't know. It's it's weird. Sometimes no, I, when I, I'm I like don't... writing papers. I read Sometimes when I'm writing saying. papers, it's like legit. It's legitimately like, uh, like I am not thinking about it. Like it's almost like a blackout, and then I like, I'm, I'm like good, and then everything's done. You know what I mean? It's like experienced fighters; they don't need to think about their footwork. Yeah, kind of deal. They're just focused on the openings, and the body moves on its own. So they're 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 yeah. thinking about something other than what they're doing. In that, in that sense. Or they're thinking about a very, very specific yeah. thing. There's something dragging their focus, and everything else that's being enacted is automatic. Yeah, I think the, the thing that would be the more confusing aspect of that is that, like, you know, you can kind of break that down to, like, muscle memory. But, like, it's hard to comprehend how, like, mental muscle memory would operate. But I think it is a thing. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like it's it's difficult to comprehend it because if you were to comprehend it, it isn't muscle memory. It's you thinking about it. Well, your brain's a muscle. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be <laughs> nitpicky. <laughs> um, 
But well, no, I mean, like, like you I can exactly. comprehend certain certain things as it pops into your brain, but I'm not, I'm not able to comprehend all the things that I'm like thinking about all, like at all the same times, right? What do you mean? Like, I say what I'm trying to say, think about what I'm trying to say, and then say it all at the same time, and be actively thinking about all of these things working together, like, like. It's it's just like all of it is um like there's certain aspects of it that are completely like almost like practically out of my control. You know what I mean? I think I think that that's what makes us good debaters. You know, it, like harkening back to you know when we were. Doing Milsom, whatever it may be, argumentative, right? Um, I'm sure you're better at it than I am, but I I do debates all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you're better. I'm sure, I'm sure you're better at it than I am, but it's it's one of those things where I can have free flow of thought, and I don't have to think about speaking. Speaking just happens, right? That's why I don't really stutter very often, or any or anything along those lines. I just kind of it just kind of goes right out, especially when I'm found that flow state of thinking it just all goes out so fast and so fluently oh my goodness i get into the zone there i don't i i normally don't have to think about talking um that's why i find talking easy is because what is i just speak words um the thinking is the is the hard part Uh, well i guess it, it comes down to like you're just, you're saying words like in response to other ones, right? But like if somebody were to ask you very specific questions about your your thought, like the the way that you're thinking, you it would probably take a longer time for you to actually visualize and explain what you're talking about. You know what I mean? It depends on where the conversation is going. Because yes, yes, it, it, given what you the situation you just said, let's say it's a new idea that I have not thought about before. Or I did not expect them to ask this question, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. But if it is something that's you asked me a question that I was already prepared to answer, then no, it's not going to take me any extra time. I'm ready for it. It's bam. Yeah. Right at you. I mean, some, something for me is I I do sort of stutter, mm-hmm. but like as you can see that the the way I talk is at certain points in the in like my sentence I will sort of slow down and I'll speed right back up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because um, what I'm, I am doing is I'm sort of trying to formulate the words and then think about it as I'm saying them, which is where like I think most people's stutters come from. So like if I can kind of like think ahead of my own mouth, mm-hmm. then I can sort of expand on my my thoughts a little bit easier. That's definitely, that's definitely that. That's how I enter that kind of flow space. Is I think faster than I well I normally think faster than I talk, but I the faster I speed up that process the faster well like I can already speak very quickly, um. So the free flow of thought there, as long as I can get on that tangent and go okay this is the next thing to say next thing to say next thing to say I can speed up that process in uh, in tandem. But let me but let me let me um let me talk a little bit about the speed of speech because this is super interesting 
Because when I started working at the job I'm working at now, my boss is named Alex. And he talks just like this. He speaks super slowly. And I used to think that that was a hallmark of somebody who wasn't, who was also slow in the mind, right? They weren't thinking things very quickly, so they had to slow down their speech so you would listen longer so they can formulate their thoughts. They're forcing the, the pace of the conversation so they can keep up with it. Wow. Alex, he's not dumb. Alex is not a, a slow individual, right? He thinks. He uh, he knows what's going on. He's definitely a player in the game. <clears throat> um, he speaks slowly on purpose. I know he speaks slowly on purpose because whenever he it's like crunch time and like um he's putting a he's he's basically forced into a social situation he speeds up. Like he can't talk fast. He just chooses to talk slow because. For example, if you get to explaining something and you're talking really slowly, I'm used to dealing with foreigners, right? My father didn't speak very good English and he didn't he he didn't get a very good job at uh taking getting at his thoughts. So I would think ahead of him and find the right words before he was done talking. So when he's stopping yeah, what was that word? And sort of see the thing some of the, the key words that they're saying. Uh establish the like a vague understanding of what they're trying to say and then get to the conclusion of what they were most likely going to say before they're even done saying that's exactly that's definitely that's definitely debate brain exactly kind of like how how i just i just unconsciously did literally that to you just Just now now. yep (laughs) i was counting on it good job aiden good job um so this is exactly what I would exercise with him, but that's a trap. It's a bait. Um, because whenever you speak in a very slow manner and you're trying to get your thought across and then somebody jumps ahead of you, you can figure out their response before you're done talking. That puts you in a powerful position. You can do a lot of things with that. And I've never, I've never encountered somebody that actually uses that effectively before. I won't say he's a master at it. He's not, but he does do it to some degree of effectiveness. So the speed of speech is super interesting to me, because when you talk too fast, when you talk too fast, it has it has a strange negative connotation in others, right? Say that again. What do you mean say it again? I said it at the speed that I was comfortable at. I'm not trying to confuse you. You're just dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> So that was very. So, I, I mean, I guess the the way that that would operate is it would be kind of like an effective way of doing exactly what people do when they like beat around the bush, and kind of just eliminate that altogether, and just by saying it slowly, you can like kind of, you know, divert the direction like your thought is going in based on like the, or divert the direction your thoughts going in slash the words you're saying, and the way that you're saying it, you know as people are reacting to what you're what you're saying very uh you know slowly you have the advantage of getting your answer before you are finished so yeah. it te- it give it's just a it's a nice it's literally a trap it's a trap to get information so it's 
I've never seen it used that way. So that was very eye-opening to me. I was like, wow, that's super interesting. And I'm sure that's passive. Because he's not the type of person to do that intentionally. He's He didn't change his speech to do that. Yeah, it would be... It would be very difficult Giga to, brain. you know, to, you know, just decide to do that. Old for, people like, do that. You know that? For your eight-hour shift and then swap it back to your normal brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like, yeah. it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of what it is, but it's, you know, when, um, when certain people in one community, like, swap the way that they talk as soon as they're in another one, right? But, like, even at that, it's kind of not intentional exactly all the time. Mm-hmm. Wait, like, you know, when uh, when somebody makes, like, the joke that it's like, oh, well, uh, the, <laughs> when I make a friend group five joke in friend group two, but they actually laugh at it, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the video I sent you. <laughs> it's so perfect. Wait, did I send you that video? Or did you send uh, that? no, you didn't. Really? Nope. That's sick. Thick, actually. I sent that to a bunch of my friends. I thought I sent you it. But it also makes sense that it would appear in your feed. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, that's so me. Yeah, it's 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 uh really interesting. Really interesting how you how you do things. That's right. That's what I'm referring to, like passive. Because there are things that he does, like for example, in that situation, he does passively. He's not doing those things intentionally necessarily. That's something he doesn't have to put conscious effort into. So. A lot of people have these interesting passives. And I, th- I don't think a lot of people recognize that there are passives. Right? Because I feel like there is an absolute myriad of things that my brain does that I am still discovering. Right? That I do passively. And I know I do them passively because you can't discover things you do actively. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You can't be like, oh shit, you know what? I am really loud. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's also a lot easier for you to discover things that are passive at if some like an outside um, view it's so that important. can actually tell you about it. It's so important, man. I value feedback so greatly. That's why I try to develop relationships with people who will give me that feedback. Who will just be like, you know what, you know what, John, should you do this? I've made an observation <laughs> about you, and I want to share it. Yeah. I so I, I did that with uh I did that with with uh my my friend group all the time and I would get in trouble for that like they they'd always be like but because I I just like say so I'm like you do this all the time <laughs> and then the, then like instead of like you know being taking it semi gracefully or like if uh or just be like yeah doesn't matter you know what I mean they'd be like what the, ah, <laughs> and get into really bad at it. I was bad about it when I was young when I was young I would I would make those observations and I would I would say them but I would say them too bluntly or it's like you know I didn't care about bullshit I didn't really bullshit um, so people get butthurt at it and I, I would I was perceived as very rude you know a lot of people yeah. a lot I, growing, my entire childhood I was called very mean by my family <laughs> which is fucked but um I could I could kind of see why because I make those observations like hey you know you're kind of a dick right <laughs> this is why <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I had to 
obviously there's 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 some things you learn that you're maybe you're not taking into account the emotional aspect of it, right? Because not everything is pure logic, unfortunately. Yeah. So there's a lot to that. That interestingly, I showed my aunt the game. Like at my sister's birthday party. I showed my aunt the game. And like uh-huh. this is nothing new. Like I know what this is. I'm like, yeah, you know what this is. You do it every day. Like, no shit. Like this is not these are not new concepts. This is just a way to look at it, right? These are yeah. things that people have been talking about since the beginning of consciousness, right? Um, yeah, there's like there's like countless books about it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so many things to do with it. Like I mean, unironically, like every dude bro with the podcast is talking about it in some some vague sense, especially if they're like the manosphere, right? Where they're like, you know, if you just want a lady, you got to do these three different steps, and you know, well, you got to figure out these types. Of, it's like, <laughs> not what I mean. That's why that's why I like the approach that we're taking here, just because we're taking it on as a whole, and then we can take each episode we can target different aspects of it because the main, most popular one is relationships, right? Every uh, a lot of people our age, you know, talk about relationships, and it's gonna be the same thing in the next generation. You know, relationships is a big deal. Um, but that's like the easiest way people think about it is like, how do I get a girl? How do I be alpha, right? Andrew Tate had asked. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, like like the infinite amount of videos that I watched. Oh my god! And the fact that I used like almost zero percent of that information. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like like I was more effective like not using it than I was using it. (laughs) Well, it's nice because I find very entertaining. yourself at all what was super interesting about my aunt's take to it is she said this is an interesting way to look at it this is a unique way to look at it she said uh and my second aunt was there as well and um they said that this is a very like this is, doesn't take emotions into account like this is a very logical way to look at it well that two realizations happened there it's like oh like um not really a realization, but a reminder was the first. A reminder was, oh yeah, I'm the very logic brain. This is how I make yeah. my decisions, very observations. I don't, I don't take into account emotion a lot of the time. Um, and then the second was, how would I even do that? <laughs> how would we even take emotion into account? And that's where the archetype system idea came from. Yeah. That's where it is, man. Because it's true. Emotions do play a part in it. That's how you do things. That's that's the only reason why we do any of this garbage. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any of it. Right? We don't have a yeah. need for these social constructs because we're pure logic beings. Right? We're all... Yeah, I mean, I mean we have like... Giant farms and live like sardines in a shack. <laughs> Keep ourselves fed <laughs> and alive. <laughs> like, what... Well, like, I understand the importance of emotions there, but that's what the architect's for. Which would be fantastic to talk about the next episode because we're 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 just at six o'clock here. I'm okay with going a little bit over right now if you want. I could probably go to like seven. Seven. All right. I'm down to go a little longer. Um. Archetypes. Oh, what was the nomad thing? Let's talk about the nomad thing actually. 
I said we were going to come back to that. We didn't. I'm a liar. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, we sort of vaguely talked about it. Well, what what was the initial concept of a nomad tier? Like like somebody that you know they 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 are less likely to create a group and more like kind of like be sort of a vague member of like many groups or no groups. Like they kind of like go around, right? Mm-hmm. So that's predicated entirely on the individual's desires. Yeah. So that would be like an archetype to a certain extent. Um, Maybe like a, like, like a, a sub-archetype kind of thing. <laughs> I guess. I hope that hasn't been going for long. He's making a sound again. Um, hope that didn't ruin the audio. That would suck. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? <laughs> Predicated on uh, their desires and what did you say after? Huh? What'd you say after? That it would maybe be kind of like a like a an archetype or sub archetype oh, yeah. kind of thing, like an archetype within like a, a general zone, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, where you could you could have like a more like, like almost like an, an isolation an isolationist kind of kind of version of like an extroverted or a introverted version of each type, I guess. But. Mm-hmm. I get. I, I suppose a nomad would be more of like like a pattern of behavior than it would be like necessarily, um, like a, like just being an introvert or extroverted, right? Because like there's plenty of people that are like, like you know, kind of like the the joke that like extroverts uh, adopt introverts. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But like a, a nomad would kind of like not exactly be like adopted per se. They would just kind of like adopt themselves into another group <laughs> right so let's let's actually let's actually hit that a little bit um so introvert extrovert i have felt for quite a few years now that those are extremely outdated terms yeah I don't think like I've different versions of each of those things. I don't, I don't think I've ever met an exclusive on in either direction. I don't think I've ever met somebody who's like, yeah, I'm entirely like extroverted and not at all introverted. That's garbage. It's not true. I know it's not true because everybody loves the idea of curling up in a blanket with like a hot drink. And like watching the rain. Everybody loves that idea. That's not a not an extroverted activity. There are, lo- there are lots of examples like that. But I think those are extremely outdated and totally irrelevant. What are you? Are you extroverted or introverted? Well, I would go about answering that as yeah, I'm, I'm more introverted. Absolutely. But my, my buddy, my close friend, he um he insists um, that I am a disappointed extrovert. That's what he calls me. <laughs> because I don't, 
necessarily shy away from talking to people and I'm pretty sociable, right? I make friends pretty easily, etc. Like I'm not I if you if you take me to a party, I'm not gonna go sit in the corner for forever, right? I'll probably try to make friends initially and if I don't like the vibe I'll go sit in the corner. <laughs> yeah. But, I'd I'd probably sit in the corner and then people would come up to me and then I would be extroverted for the rest of the night. Know what I mean? <laughs> interesting. That's an interesting. Well, we're a little different in that sense. Because I'll make the first effort, and if it fails, I will leave. <laughs> I'm I'm less interested in like creating a relationship if it's like me that is the one behind it. Know what I mean? That's fair. I I, I mean personally thing. for me, I I just feel feel like um not 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 that I like not some weird like vibe where I need to like be pursued or anything, but I feel like uh, for me at least, I I would want the person that I'm gonna be engaging with to appear uh like they want to talk to me, <laughs> and that I'm not like bothering them or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's the thing with mutual interest, right? Is that's that's a that's a filtering system, right? It's to filter people like, well, why would I want to waste my time talking to somebody who doesn't want to talk to me? That's extremely basic. That's not like a need to be pursued or anything like that. That's that just makes sense to me. I take the context as context of the situation, and I know myself, and I don't go to parties. I'm not going to go to a party for any reason. Other than if my friends are, are saying, hey, let's go to this party. I'm not going to this party for the party. I'm going to this party for the boys, right? And because I'm going with the boys, I'm respecting the fact that they decided to invite me out and that they want to have a good time. So I'm going to attempt to be sociable to the people around them, right? Because they, they might be friends of, of my friends. So I should make an effort out of my respect and adoration for them to make an effort to talk to these people. And if that fails, I will retreat to my domain. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the only reason why I would like would make that first contact. It's it's because of all of these other circumstances that are pushing me to do this thing. Because it's not that that is non-existent otherwise. I will not. I'm not the type of person who would like. I'm not gonna get lonely and go to a social club, right? I'm just, I'm not just yeah. gonna go to some place, some bar or whatever, and just try to make a friend, a random friend. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna do that. That sounds like a colossal waste of time, right? Like obviously, like I'm not. I'm not a robot. I experience loneliness just like everybody else, but I handle it differently. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. I'm not, that's that's the that's the, where the introversion comes out. But what he said, what my what my close friend said, had merit. Because when when I'm in an environment where the boys are having a good night and we're getting turned up, we're screaming and having a good time and like uh, just catching each other's energy. That's awesome. I love that experience. Absolutely, I love going out with the boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a great time. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm extroverted, right? 
I I do enjoy spending time with other people. I think that's fantastic. Do I have a problem doing things by myself? No, not at all. But everybody, I believe, can agree that everything is better with good company. But that's the that's the modifier. It's good company, right? There are some people yeah. who lead on the extroverted side and are like, "Hey, I just need any company, right?" I'll go grab the homeless guy down the street if he'll go go on a bike ride with me. <laughs> like, I, I, so something I have noticed though, the way that I operate is that I won't really engage with people unless it's out of like an like almost a, like a weird like empathetic way. Like I'll see some people that are like they look like I'll, it's weird because I'll be like, yeah, I'm alone doing doing this or that, right? And I'll maybe in some circumstances of like, well, if somebody comes over here and talks to me, that'd be pretty dope. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll see somebody else that's like literally alone. And then I'll be like, I'll like, then I'll make the initiative to go and talk to them. But like, I'm not going to walk up to a group. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, Oh, they're already having a good time. Like, <laughs> see this funnels and transition fantastically into what, what, what is failure in the game? What does it mean to lose? So that to me, what that what that expressed to me is that you see somebody who is in a similar similar situation as you, and you, based off of your cold read on this person and the context of the social situation you're both in, you would think that you have a much higher success rate of mingling with that person versus the group, which would be virtually non-existent unless they somehow, right? Unless somehow they vibe with you, right? Or they're just your kind of people. Mm-hmm. So, to me, losing the game would be having a negative interaction. Right? And that has holes in it. That statement has holes in it. We can elaborate that another time. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, if you go, the losing the game, for example, the worst they can say is no, no, it's not. They could say much worse things. But if you go up and ask for a girl's number and she goes, Ew, no, you're short and you're white. Fuck you. That's a loss. I didn't gain anything out of that. <laughs> I maybe gained yeah. an unhealthy bias to this specific type of girl who behaves <laughs> a certain way or looks a certain way. And I'm like, maybe I don't want to walk up to now this kind everyone, of person anymore. Everyone that looks like that, you're like, next. next. I don't like this type of girl, right? Because that's the way my brain works. My brain works if we have made an incorrect decision. We've made a mistake. I want to get to the root of the problem, and I want to never make those mistakes again. I want to program myself to make as little mistakes as I can. This is an impossible task. This is something I'll never achieve ever, and no one ever will. Right? This is an impossible task. But I like to do what I can. So, I have to, as I've learned with age and experience, um, is that I have to decide what I can and cannot, and what I should and should not. So, there are some, there are some habits that I've experienced failure when I do take that certain action, but that doesn't mean I need to rewrite that action. Right? Because I have to take the situation into into um, into counsel and figure out why did that fail 
was it because I made this decision or was it because of the circumstances it was under? What, why did I, like, I, I think yeah. an extra layer now. So I'm not just rewriting stuff that probably would be good in every other situation except this one, you know? Yeah. So failure, right? Failure, losing, losing the game is why I don't do certain things. It's not that I'm not going to do those things ever, but I have a certain. I have a certain. You're less inclined to do it. Like you need extra things to entice you in the future. Yes, I have a margin of error. (laughs) And this is this is where I think. This is why I think I. um, I hesitate to say this, but I feel like I develop slower on the on an emotional level because i look for a certain margin of error before i get into any endeavors and to me the most risky things are the ones that are highly emotional right because i've obviously i have a lot more experience now than i did then but there are certain situations where i'm more hesitant to jump into right i'm not just going to meet a girl one night and go yeah let's get married tomorrow go suck a yeah. dick you know like that like like obviously that's an extreme example but i think you get what i'm trying to say here yeah so there's a certain margin of error which definitely holds me back because i need to i need to have a greater capacity i guess is the way i look at it as i, as I look my margin of error totally is predicated on the capacity i have to absorb the failure right so if I think, hey, I can't really take that loss right now. I had a lot of shit going on. I don't need another one, right? I'm still dealing with this one. I'm not going to go be like, all right, let's go get rejected a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That. My boy saying, yeah, let's go to the mall, pick up some girls, bro. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> go do that yourself. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go do that for fun. You know? That doesn't sound fun to me. Even let's say I do get six girls numbers or whatever it's still like to me that's a that's a stressor that's a that's a that's a that's not a fun social activity because now i then gotta go cater to all these phone numbers or do nothing with them at all right so then even further wasting my own time it's just it's just the way i think right i can hear the i can hear people listening to this call me a pussy Hey man, that's it's something I'm working on. But that's what I think, kind of like pushes my decisions at a subconscious level. Is my ability to fail doing something? Because you can make an argument that you can't fail. You can make an argument that every every single situation you get into gives you experience. That's bullshit, by the way. That whole philosophy is oh yeah you're at least you got the experience out of nah bro if you take two people and one wins all the time and the other one loses all the time who's gonna be better at the next task still the winner (laughs) the loser may know what not to do but they don't know what to do necessarily right they they well, know guess, uh, they, knowing what not to do does narrow down 
it, uh, it makes sure, it a little bit easier. Sure, it does make it easier, right? That's why there's a healthy amount, right? Because you can't have constant success because then you don't understand the sting of failure, right? You're not as cautious in your decision-making, right? If I'm over here jumping this gap all the time and constantly making it, I don't know what it's like to break my leg at the bottom. But do you know what? <laughs> but do you know what? Why the f*** would I want to break my leg at the bottom? I'm making yeah, you a don't really want to know what it's like. To, I'm to jumping break your leg. just but... fine across this gap, right? I don't need to experience the pain of breaking my leg at the bottom to incentivize me to then continue to get across the gap. That's the way I think about it. I think that's a bullshit mentality to have. I think sure, right? You can you can think about it. You can grow from negative experiences or failures. Absolutely. I have to do it because I fail all the time. I'm a shitter. <laughs> I, I have to learn, right? Um, trial and error. That's predicated on a lot of how I learn things. But being a winner would be so much better. <laughs> like, <laughs> because to even add another layer to it, you, you I, I think you can agree that you could learn off of other people's mistakes. Yeah. Why the fuck would I want to make any mistakes then? <laughs> I just look at other people making mistakes. I'm over here winning. I'm going, damn, he really lost like that. Look at him break his leg down there. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to keep jumping over this gap. I'm going to have to pass on that one, chief. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I better be careful and make sure I make this gap. What the fuck? Wait, why would I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I know what the, the quote is just to make people who lose all the time feel better. That's what I think it's for. There's merit to it, which is why it works. But is it a is it an all-encompassing ideal? No. No, it's not. That's just how to that, that's just a that's just a great exercise in how to minimize loss and how to minimize failure, right? How to cope with sucking. Good. This is a good thing. Now that you know how to cope with sucking, let's start winning. Let's start learning how to do that. Because success is pile on and you gain momentum and you get better at things. What the fuck? I don't know. That was my tangent on the bullshit fucking philosophy that some people have. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm kind of burned out here. You want to you wanna call it here? Sounds good, baby girl. I have no Bev next to me. I'm dying here. Um, yeah, I think that was good. I think that was good. Thank you, everybody, right. who has listened this far. I appreciate you um, for making it all the way to the end of this. I hope uh, I hope something maybe opened your eyes. I hope maybe some of you are thinking uh, about how to play the game in your normal life. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to think about how people do stuff. Um, Maybe tell your friends about it. Listen, just knowing that the game exists already brings you up to one star. So show some NPC friends. Let them know that the game is a thing. Let them know that they're playing it. Um, and uh, thank you for stopping by. <gasps> we'll see you. <laughs>